0: Well, today we're um, we're going to start a new series called the Journey, and and the Journey is going to be a four week series. But what an appropriate. Um, series for us to launch into today as we celebrate the 60th anniversary and today we're going to talk about where we've been and where we're at in the journey and so we thought if we're going to celebrate the 60th anniversary and and if we're going to do this we need to get an awesome speaker to come in and help us and so we heard about this guy that's been traveling around our district speaking at churches and we thought hey why don't we get him And so we found this guy. He actually has a lot of experience in this area pastoring. He pastored around this area for about 15 years. And his name is Pastor Bob Mahaffey. You may know him. And so, Pastor Bob, can you come up and speak to us? mighty good. Bunch of you have changed seats. You're messing me up. <laughs> Congratulations, Pawn Shots. Samuel Tyler Pawn Shot, born Thursday. I love you. My goal today is not to retrace the history of this church. That would be a great thing to do. I would love to do that. My goal today is to help us hear God speak. And so we're gonna do that. This whole series is rooted in the book of Exodus. And uh, if you want to, turn with me to Exodus four. And then I'm gonna go backward to Exodus three. They told me I was to preach till 12 o'clock because the food won't be ready till then. (laughs) How many of you think I can do it? Thanks. I was in one church a few weeks ago, and they didn't have a clock. And I said, okay, if your right hand goes up, that means you're blessed. If your left hand goes up, that means it's time to quit. Those polite people never raised their left hand. I could still be there. I want to pray with you. Lord Jesus, thank you. Oh, not only for this church. It is one of your many, many, many churches. And I don't just mean Church of the Nazarene. You've got lots of churches. But our concern today is that we, the people of Westchester Nazarene, hear from you and do and be exactly what you've called us to do and be. I pray that uh, my thoughts and my words would be totally hidden. I pray that there wouldn't be awareness that an old pastor has come back to speak, that God is speaking. I believe you want to do that. I believe that in this moment you might change the direction of someone's life whether it would be vocationally or whether it would be to a new step of lordship. It is my hope and prayer that every one of us would say, Lord, speak to me. Call me. I want and I need to hear from you today. And Lord, we thank you for your word. It is powerful. And may it minister to us. So tune our ears, but even more, tune our hearts, that we might hear you speak. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to go a little backwards here. The history of God's people. And if you look at the book of Exodus, you understand that it is the story of God's people in Egypt. And God was going to move them to Canaan. If you've been around the church a while, you know that that was a land flowing with milk and honey. You probably know, to me, it would be a land with barbecue potato chips and cherry coke. (laughs) But it isn't what we eat. It's the presence and the blessing and the fullness of God. Out of a barren place, out of a place where people are miserable, People are lost in the place they are, to a place where God is all over it, from Egypt to Canaan. Today, specifically, we're talking about the history of God's people. Some of you moved from Lachlan Church, or maybe other churches, and you came to Pisgah. And from Pisgah, we've moved slightly a couple miles to Westchester. But this isn't the end of the story. The big question is, where is God going to move us in the future? I I need to tell you that I'm kind of responsible for this southwestern Ohio area. and, And when I go through places like Sabina and some of the other cities that don't have a church, I think, ah, we need a church that just doesn't proclaim, be saved. A church that proclaims, be holy. For I am holy, God said. So, We need God to call a whole bunch of people, and we need to see his church grow. So, Westchester and where next? Ah. Moses, one of the most prolific characters of the Old Testament, one of the two or three greatest men in the Old Testament, the deliverer, which we're talking about, delivering out of Egypt, but also the lawgiver. His, his text was not only to lead people out of a place of oppression, his story was to tell people how to live. And so, what a, what a huge task that was. Um, Moses was married to Zipporah. I suppose he called her Zippy. They had two boys named Gershom and Eleazar. And in the end of chapter 4, I think it's just, I, I, you know, if you just read Scripture over and over, at some point you smile because near the end of chapter 4, it says, Moses put his wife and sons on the donkey. Man, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, like mission trip to South America where they've got a little moped with the family of eight on it, plus the chickens and the pigs. I love the story of God and how he moves people and moves us. Moses. How many of you think Moses was a great man? Well, he was. Some of you are just not sure you were supposed to answer that question. Do you think God ever got upset with Moses? I think many times. (laughs) In fact, you're going to look in chapter 4 and you're going to see that that God said uh, he called Moses and he went ahead of him to the place of lodging and he was waiting there to kill him. Wow! God sometimes gets so angry with the Moseses, with us, that he'd like to slap us. Do you think God could rightfully ever be that upset with you? That maybe sometimes your will has been stubborn and you said no? Or God said, do this, and you just kind of acted like you didn't hear him. Do you remember kids doing that? And uh, God called Moses. An ordinary man. A very ordinary man. You probably know the story. And he got mad at Moses. But he continued to call Moses. So today... We are the people of God, but I think we are Moses in the text. You willing to be Moses for a little bit? So I just need to tell you that God is the unseen controller of all history and all circumstances. We get concerned about the future, don't we? I just want to tell you God's got it. That's great news. He is the unseen controller of our history in all circumstances. In chapter 1 and verse 12, it said, the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. The people of God, the Hebrews, they were in this place of Egypt and their task was to make bricks and they had already made a couple cities of refuge. That's a popular term now, isn't it? Sanctuaries of peace. And, and so they had made a couple of those cities where they would store grain for when the famines came. And it wasn't just that they did good work, but these horrible people under Pharaoh kept cracking the whip on them and saying, more, 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 make more bricks. And they started taking away their straw and their goods to make it. And, and yet the, it, didn't, it didn't diminish what they were supposed to do. It just became, have you, called, have you understood downsizing in the workplace? We just let three people go, so you just got three more new jobs. It was kind of like that for the people in Egypt. In chapter 1 and verse 22, it says, Pharaoh told the people to throw, told the people, the midwives, every little boy that's born on the birthing stool, kill them. And every girl, let her live. And the midwives, scripture says, feared God and didn't do it. (laughs) Praise the Lord. This is an issue today, isn't it? Killing babies. And then uh, he was really mad, so since the midwives wouldn't do what he told them to do, he just told the people every little boy that's born, throw him in the Nile River. Amazing. Evil in the world. Isn't just history, it's present. But uh, you know that this one lady had this baby and she put it in the Nile. But she put it in a little basket and God delivered this little boy who was cared for in strangest place of all Pharaoh's palace and raised. But he was still a Hebrew. One day, you know, he saw that there were some people being unkind and beating one of his fellow Hebrews and he got so mad. So mad that he killed that Egyptian. And it was seen and known, and so he retreated to the backside of the desert. Wow. Do you feel like Moses? Have you ever been sent to the backside of the desert? Do you know what it's like to kind of be oppressed? Do you know what it's like to think, hey, life's good, and tomorrow you're going, wow, what happened to that? It's Moses. So Moses is called, and I'm going to come back to the call in chapter 3. He's called, and in chapter 4, he says this, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Okay, so let's say God calls you today and you say, hey, what, what if uh, nobody believes that you called me? What if nobody believes that you really want me to do what you're calling me to do? And so God said, I have these three signs, these three miracles. And the first one is, uh, Moses, where's your, where's your staff? Oh, it's right here. Throw it down. And you know what happened? It became a snake. And Scripture says Moses ran. <laughs> How many of you would run from a snake? Okay, but if we were in the children's department back in the clubhouse, we would find out that God said, pick it up by the tail. And the kids, some of them, especially the little boys, would probably love to chase the snake, pick it up by the tail. And when, when he picked it up, what happened? It became a staff again. And all the people went, ooh. But they still weren't convinced. And he says, Moses, take your hand and put it into your cloak. And when he pulled it out, it was leprous. And he said, Okay, put it back in. He puts it in, and when he takes it out, scripture says it was flesh, it was whole, it was normal. And the people went, Ah. Oh. And if that isn't enough, try this one. Go down to the Nile and just cup some water in your hand and take it over onto a place of dry, parched land and and just drop the water, and it immediately became blood. And the people went, wow. Moses, Moses, I'm asking you to leave my people. And, And if you'll do these things... But Lord, not me, Moses said. Oh, Lord, I have never been. Could that be your response? Oh, Lord, I have never been very good at that. Oh, Lord, I I don't sing so well. Oh, Lord, I don't have enough money. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Excuse after excuse after. I think sometimes he's frustrated and waiting for us at the lodging place. And God says in 411, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes the deaf or the mute? Who gives sight or blindness? Is it not I, the Lord? Remember, he's the God who controls all things. He's the God who has created all things. And he says, Moses, I've got this. And then in verse 13 of chapter 4, Moses just flat says it. Lord, please send someone else. <laughs> you ever been there? I don't want to do this job. Could you give it to somebody else? Did any of you feel that this week? Did you feel like that this week? Probably so. And the Lord's anger burned against him. And in chapter twenty-four and verse 21, it says, The Lord would harden Pharaoh's heart. Man, I think this is true to life. Do you think the Lord has hardened a whole lot of lives around us? Man, if you've missed that, you're you're not doing so well. People have hard hearts. Wow. And then at verse chapter 4 and 24, at the lodging place, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. In chapter 4 and verse 31, good news, into the chapter, Uh, he performed the signs. God said, I I want you to call the Israelites together. First of all, Aaron comes, and he tells Aaron what he did, but then he calls all the Israelites together, all of them that he could get, and he gets to do his magic tricks three more times. I thought, Paul Lloyd. And he he picks up the staff and throws it down, and the people are amazed, and he puts his hand in and takes it out, and the people are amazed, and... And he picks up some water and drops it on the ground. It's blood. Surely, surely people are going to get it now. God is able. Don't you think? The people believed when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, and they bowed down and they worshiped. Did you get that it says they, the people, Moses does what God tells him to do, and the people start believing. The people do it. But now I want to take you back to chapter 3. The question for us today isn't the people. The question for us today is you and me. So it says in chapter 3 and verses 1 through 8, I believe it's going to be on the screen. I hope, I hope, I hope. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb. That's a mountain range, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire, and from within a bush, and Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it didn't burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of the hawks, the God of the Bible, the God of the courts, the God of... Blanche Reuter, the God of the Whites sitting right there, the God of the Williams and the Bramers sitting right there, and the God of the Wisemans, and the God of Pastor Reynolds and Pastor McKinney and Pastor Cook and Pastor Pelton and Pastor Graves and Pastor McGoofy. Did you see that in the Bible? At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Oh, help us, Lord. You ever been afraid to look at God you were convicted? and You didn't want to face him. Do you remember that with your dad when you did something wrong and he knew it and you knew what was coming? You didn't want to face him. As a little boy my dad said, Joey give me your belt. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to be disobedient but I didn't want the belt. That's where he was. He was afraid to look at God, and the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from fill in the blank. I don't think God is wanting to rescue us from foreign powers. Boy, that's in the news, isn't it? I don't think we should be concerned about foreign powers. I don't think that God is most concerned about government control, however you feel about that. I'm not going there. I don't think God is wanting to deliver us from someplace else to someplace else. I think God wants to deliver us from our culture. Ooh. Oh, I could, I could really be kind of churchy and say, God wants to deliver us from sin. And that's true. But you know what that is? That's anything that isn't what God wants. And I'm not a doomsdayer, but we live in a culture that isn't what God wants. And so God comes to deliver us. He came down and he calls Moses. Moses, I want you to deliver these people, not from Egypt to milk and honey. I want you to deliver these people from that selfishness, from that desire of comfort, from all of that stuff that we want to a place where God is Lord of all. That's what he wants. Wow. So God calls, chapter 3, verse 11. So now I am sending you. Remember, you're Moses. I think God this morning is saying, I'm sending you. Put in your name. And in verse 12, he says this, I will be with you. I don't want to go without him. I only want to go with him. I got no chance without him. The best person in the world won't make it without a powerful God. Wow. And so he says it again. Do you remember he said this in 4? Well, what if they don't listen to me? <laughs> and he says, tell them, and it's in all capitals in your Bible, I am who i am wow do you know what that is in the hebrew that sounds just like the word lord So when they understood what Lord means, what Master means, what the one who is over me means, they understand that God is I am who is I am. He is Lord. Wow! And I think he's now said, Moses, I'm sending you. Moses, I'll be with you. But you can hear that and feel good about it and go eat subs and salad and soup in the gym. But if you miss that I am the Lord, you're going to miss everything. Wow. And then he says, uh, this is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered. From generation to generation. Unless you've changed it, the vision of this church is passing our passion to every generation. And we might say we are passing our love for Jesus Christ to every generation. Praise the Lord. But in the text today, we might say we are passing our passion for lordship. To every generation. We want to make sure that the youngest person in our sanctuary, we want to make sure that that Samuel Tyler, we want to make sure that every person gets it. He is who he is. He is Lord. That means when he speaks, we listen, and we don't just listen. We say, sign me up, I'll do it. It means obedience to what he calls us to be. God called. God still calls. I think on this anniversary of our 60th year, God is calling today the same as he was 60 years ago for some people to leave the Lachlan Church and go into a home on Cox. Some of those people are here today. And that was a call of God. Wasn't it, Hetty? Wasn't it, Jackie? Jackie? Wasn't it, Blanche? Probably not been easy. Probably been lots of times of sacrifice. I remember the story on the video that we would go to the basement by the furnace. That was the prayer room. The burning bush, a furnace, and they would hear from God. Uh, I, I wish we could have had this on the video today, but... Um, when the church started, the church board or, or the, maybe the, they, they went to a man who lived in Lebanon and they said, we would like you to come and be our pastor. And, and do you remember, some of you have heard it before, probably at our 50th anniversary, the man said, no, there will never be a church down there at that cross section where there's a yellow blinking light. There will never be a church in Pisgah, Westchester. I remember hearing that on the tape. Well, that guy didn't become the pastor. He didn't hear God call. Wow. This is my name forever and ever. I am Lord. Let's say it a couple different ways. I am righteousness. Everything right. Right relationship. I am holiness. I am owned by and set apart for the purpose of God. So when God's calling us, he's just not calling us to a new job. He's not calling us to move here or move there. God's calling us to do his will. God's called us according to his purpose. And today that could be a new word to you. God may be calling you to something very 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 different. Oh, oh no, do you know how old I am? How old was Moses? 80. Oh, oh, but but I stutter. Who cares? I'll give you the words. Oh, I, I found these things and I couldn't fit them in, so I decided to do it this way. I'm, I'm going to just read a little. Any of you know who Arthur Pink is? He's a great old theologian. His books are very old. But, but he, he stated, he was talking about, I, I have time so I can do this. Uh, he, he was talking about that in our culture today, and his culture today would have been like 70 or 80 years ago, maybe longer, that we get in our mind what we need to do that we need to have, and I'm not against these things, we need to have a certain level of education. I'm all for education. Don't hear me saying I'm not. But we kind of think, okay, this person who has this education, that's the person. Or this person who has accomplished this, that's the person. And we have all of these cultural guidelines by what we think is successful. And pink says that God sent Moses to the backside of the desert. The colleges of this world cannot equip for the divine service. For that we must be taught in the school of God. It's good. I'm all for college. I'm all for education. But no college will cause you to be who God wants you to be. They'll help you. To learn in the school of God then, Moses must turn his back on the land of the Pharaohs. It is still so, the heart must be separated, the spirit divorced from the world if progress is to be made in spiritual things. We've got to get out of all that we think is right in our culture and society and we've got to get to a backside of the desert where God can school us. And again, we are reminded of how different are God's thoughts and the ways of man. God's ways are right. The enemy of your souls cannot gild these things or the place. All is reality there. The heart that is found itself in the presence of God At the backside of the desert, the right thoughts about everything, it is raised far above the exciting influences of this world's enemies and schemes. The dim and noise and the bustle and the confusion of Egypt do not fall upon the person in the distant place on the backside of the desert." The crash in the monetary and the commercial world is not heard there, and the sigh of ambition is not heard there. This world's fading laurels do not tempt there. The thirst for gold its felt is not felt there. The eye is never dimmed with lust, nor is the heart swollen with pride there. Human applause does not elate. No human censure dep- depresses there. In a word, everything that is set aside save the stillness and the light of the divine presence of God. God's voice alone is heard. His light enjoyed. His thoughts received. This is the place of which all must go to be educated for the ministry, and there must remain if they would succeed in ministry. Uh, There's this new thing today that says, it's probably not brand new, if... If you would give a, somebody, a, a gifted church planter, a half million dollars, and they could have a nice building and have 11 people on staff, they could grow a great church. That's the recipe these days. Half million dollars, nice building, 11 staff members. Anyone got a half million dollars? You know what? That's not really it. God's calling people. God's calling you and me. I'm in a class on Monday nights. finishes tomorrow night. It's called a church planting class. And there are 16 other people in there that believe God is calling them. Um... Did you know that we have a new ministry on this district called the Gaming Church? It's called the Open Table, but it's a gaming church. Now, this is how I'm out of it. I thought gaming was for people who were like addicted to gambling. Well, that that's not this church. This church, did you know there are game shops? I, I've been looking now as I travel and I see these game shops and And so these people don't ever expect to have a building, but they expect to go into these game shops and play games with these people and lead them to Jesus. I would have never, ever, ever thought of that. Um, Did you know, I'm planting a seed here, do you know where Felicity is? Felicity is southeast of us, I believe the population of Felicity is 800. 800. That's small. It is in poverty. We have a very small church there. But the pastor and his wife have started every Friday night Bible school. Every Friday night. And they have between 20 and 26 children from very poor economic homes. Coming. And the good news is, one of those kids is now leading their music. Wow. Friday night? I don't want to give up my Friday nights. Bible school year all year long? In felicity? It appears that God is calling. It seems to me that God may be calling you to do something that when you walked into church today wasn't on your list. It could be that God's calling you to change a vocational direction. I'm not trying to mess you up, but I want you to know the fullness of God's divine call and power in your life. And we could go on and on and on. God is calling. He's evidently called those people that were on the screen. God calls Moses. God called Fred and Pearl Hawks and the charter members that are with us today. God did not call the guy in Lebanon. God is calling your next pastor. Would you commit that to prayer? God is calling your next pastor. God is calling women and men to do something new and different, to see people delivered from oppression to lordship. God is calling you. Um... I read this definition three weeks ago. Faith is walking backwards into the future. Do you get it? We don't always see the future, but when you have a 60-year history of a church... We can see what God has been doing. We can see the faithfulness of God. We can meet him in a burning bush. And as long as we stay focused on the God we know who is calling us today, we can back right into the future. It would scare me to see it. Faith is walking backward into the future. Our, Our pastor, Larry Allen, down in the Sardinia Church, passed away. I don't know, it was probably four or five weeks ago, maybe six, his wife came home from work on Monday and he had had a brain bleed and was sitting in the chair, gone. And so as I asked a lot of questions and learned about the family, I heard this several times. Every day when we went to school, from our earliest memory, dad would say, remember where you came from Remember whose you are. And remember that God is taking you forward. That's a good message for our anniversary. Wow. Remember where you came from: Lachlan, Pisgah, Westchester, Christian home, great Sunday school teacher, connections teachers. Remember where you've come. Remember that, as it was said in the song earlier, when God saved you. Don't lose that. Remember when God delivered you out of the oppression of whatever it was that was the sin that beset you. When God led you out to a place where He is Lord, where He is the I Am who is don't forget who you are, whose you are, or where he is taking you. God's calling. He's Lord. Did you know that? And I'm fearful that sometimes we get so set in the way we've done it. Oh, I, you know, like, when I wake up in the morning, you know this. I really would like to have my bowl of cereal with strawberries in it. I, I would like to let Molly out the back and for her to come back in and not bug me anymore. I, I, would, I, I, just, I could tell you what my perfect day would be like. I'd like to get to the office early so I could get a jump on stuff before people come in and, and it starts getting more you know, loud. doesn't get very loud over there, actually. And you probably know that right now, Bethany and Kevin and their four children and their dog live with us. And we love having them. But it isn't at all what it was before they moved in. <laughs> what are those dogs hears something at 2.30 in the morning and just kind of bark. And the other one hears it and pretty soon they are. wah, 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 wah. Quiet, Molly. But something's messed up, Molly. This morning, I don't know why, but one of them decides to get up at 5.30 every morning. We're sleeping in my mom's kitchen, remember? We build on from, and, and it's a tile floor, and you hear those dog paws go. And then you might have a cool nose right up against my cheek on the pillow. It's a great morning to go outside at 5.30. Would you get up and let me out? And I try to get back in bed and get my feet warm again from all that tile floor. And about that time, the other one. And so I just go ahead and get up and thinking, hey, I've got some peace and quiet. And then Molly, the two-year-old, just comes down walking downstairs and go, boo, I got you, G. Paul. And there went my quietness. I am a creature of liking it the way I like it. But for some reason, God's changed our current circumstances. (laughs) The unforeseen God of the future and our circumstances has changed it wonderfully. Man, there's nothing I like more than being your pastor. I'm not blaming, but God's changed it and evidently he's got this new purpose for me, and I think maybe he has some new callings for some of you to not just be the person that comes in and, well, now you don't even sit in the same places. I'm messed up, but just sits in the same place, and you, and you think, okay, he's got to be about done. He's got six minutes is what the cooks told him, so I got six minutes, and there's a song, so I've really got to hurry. So we get so set, and, and you know, There's some football game on this afternoon. Oh, I hope those calls don't come during the Super Bowl. I don't want to hear that I can get a better credit rating or whatever it is. Thank goodness the political people have stopped calling for a while. We like it the way we want it. And Moses is on the backside of the desert. And it didn't matter if he stuttered. The sheep were very forgiving. (laughs) And all of a sudden, there's a bush that doesn't burn up. And God says, hey, Mo, take off your shoes. The place where you are is holy ground. And Moses' life was forever changed. Did he get it right day one? Nope. But he continued to walk in obedience to the call of God in his life. And Moses delivered the Hebrew people. Wait a minute. God. God delivered the Hebrew people. God will deliver you. God will be with you. God will give you the words and anything else you need. And He is Lord. God calls you and me. Lord, that's exactly what you are. We do not want to get comfortable. Lord, I I love this church. I love this sanctuary. I I think this is the most beautiful sanctuary there is. But help us not to get comfortable. God, call us. You want to rescue some people from the culture. You want to rescue people whose hearts are hard from the way they want it to be. They've just gotten used to it being hard. And you've called us to do that. Oh, Lord, today we're standing in your presence. And today I am trusting you, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, call us. We know the 60 year history, but we don't know what's going to happen in the next two, three, five, ten, fifty. How we don't know, but you do, for you are the unseen controller of the history and the future. And what is really important today is for us to say, Here I am, I'm not that good. Maybe I don't stutter, but there are some things that I don't do very well. But here I am. And if you'll just call me, if you'll just be with me, if you'll just source me, if you'll just be my Lord, I'll walk with you. I'll be yours, completely yours. I'll try not to let this culture swallow me and change my definition of success. Lord, today, what I want more than anything is for you to be my Lord. I don't need a staff that turns to a snake. I don't need my hand to change in magic. I, I don't need to see water from blood from water. I, but I desperately need for you to call. And when you do, The answer is yes, Lord. Speak to us now, today. I pray in the beautiful name of Jesus.